DJ and PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call them at 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Time to welcome in Chris Camrani, staff writer for The Athletic, covering Utah football and much more around the state. Chris, good morning. Happy Monday, guys. Happy, happy, happy. Hey, i got to pull the curtain back here a little bit. Are you ready? I'm what, ready one thing for the audience, one thing for you. Okay. I've done it after possibly borrowing somebody's password for a while. I've just gone ahead and paid for the athletics. So thanks for you and some of your compatriots for writing enough stuff that now, along with a bunch of streaming services and cable companies and websites, it's more expensive than ever to be a sports fan. Thanks for that, Chris. Good work by you. Well, I want to know who's more of a cord cutter, you or your kids? Oh, my kids. Not even close. Okay. <laughs> Not even close. Uh, and then second, I think, for our audience, uh, I, I texted you this once, and I don't yep. even remember what avail it's on because with everything on Zoom, and I know that Utah football is your primary primary responsibility, but there are lots of other things that you've written about, and I've seen you pop up on these calls that you're lurking. And I decided that the analogy for you, PK's taught me that if, if you don't have similes and metaphors, you got no yeah. chance to make it in sports media. you got to have your similes and your metaphors. And for you, you're like an old-time prospector. You never know when you walk up some stream in whatever canyon to find the gold or silver in days, days gone by where Chris Camrani will have pitched a tent and be working it. You're everywhere, Chris. Love the work ethic. I think I speak for PK on that, too, although we can let him speak for himself. <laughs> well, as long as you guys hold me in the regard of being a lonely hermit who might be potentially striking gold every once in a while, I will take that and I'll run with it. I tried to avoid lonely hermit, but you got the gist. <laughs> I appreciate that, guys. I'm wondering if Lonely Hermit is an oxymoron. Uh, <laughs> Lonely Hermit sounds like a great band name. Yeah. <laughs> the Lonely Hermits are playing tonight. All right. I do know that Chris interviewed an expert on BYU football last week and gave him everything that he needed to know about the Cougars. He did. And, and uh, so he'll publish that. When's that being published for BYU fans? Uh, it should be later on this week, Friday or Saturday. Did you talk to Friday Steve Young or Pat Kinahan? Uh, <laughs> talk to Jake Hatch, actually. We did have a conversation about BYU, so he's doing some BYU stuff, so I throw that out there for the Cougar fans, The Athletic, a great website. hope it continues to succeed. It means jobs, and jobs are important. And my friends have jobs, and I like to see them employed. Even my enemies I want to see employed. never want to see anybody unemployed, that's for sure. It's too serious. So I want to, I want to know who your enemies are. Okay. Oh, we, it's only a four-hour show, dude. Come on. Oh, well, everybody at Channel 2. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> Poor Adam. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> best, best two falls out of three. They, they grapple. They wrestle all the time. All right, let's get right to it. The spring game here for, uh, for Utah. Uh, were there any surprises in it? I think that's kind of hard for it to happen, but maybe Devon Vele, uh, are we reading too much into it because we're wishing something to happen? We want it to happen. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with the latter. I, I think, um, and I told this to PK last week when we spoke, I think the excitement and the um, 
oversimplification of something as mundane as a spring game is not a bad thing. I think that means that our community is healing. It means that we've done a, a pretty good job in the last few months of, of handling the virus. And we are, if you look at things from a national perspective, probably as high up as you can get in terms of vaccinations rolling out and people taking them. So I think when I look at the spring game, I don't necessarily look at Charlie Brewer's 15 for 15 against Utah's two and a half string defense. I think of the fact that the community is going in the right direction and it's a win for the, the folks who are Utah fans and it's a win for the people of this state. Um, I think I would be lying to you and all of your listeners if I pretended to know um, what is being taken out of the spring game outside of, yeah, sure, Devon Bailey had some great catches and Solomon Enos looked to have some good rapport with Charlie Brewer. But outside of that, guys, I mean, I think we have to put this thing into context into what it is. It's, it's a fun scrimmage that allows uh, the program to – um, you know, hit that next milestone in terms of getting ready for a normal college football season. And that's basically all it is to me. And that, that might be, I don't know, harsh in some circles, but the reality is, is I think it's just a win for um, what we're hoping to have transpire this fall, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I'm wondering, and obviously what we're hoping from the Utah perspective and their fans is to be in contention again deep into November on a regular uh, format of a season that begins in September and the conference season closes at Thanksgiving weekend and all that stuff, and then you have the, the title game. So I'm wondering if last – can't really call it a season, but yeah. last five games combined with the uh, spring practice where they got in all 15. That's the great storyline is they actually got in all 15. I don't really care what happened there, but the fact that all these teams – and speaking of those who stay in the Pac-12, as far as I know, they got in all their 15 allotted practices, and then they'll go and do the training, and the formal training, as Kyle says, starts June 1st, and then they've got the training camp, and they're going to get 20-some practices and three non-conference games. Do all that stuff. Now, we've already got that partial in the book. It's already happened, and assuming we get the rest of it, does all that stuff put this team, which lost so many guys to the draft a year ago, put them in contention, do you believe, to contend for the South next season? Uh, I think it's always going to uh, rest on the development and the potential of the quarterback position. I know it's a broken record, and it has been for a decade, but when you look at the makeup of these Utah teams since they entered the Pac-12, the one uh, position that has basically held this team back has been the lack of elite quarterback play. And I think you can argue that Utah has only had one quarterback since entering the Pac-12 in 2011 in Tyler Huntley, who played at an elite level that was able to go out and single-handedly keep them in games and win them games. If you're going to get to, I guess not, we're not going to Santa Clara anymore. We're going to Vegas. If you're going to go to Vegas for the Pac-12 championship game, and if you're going to win and potentially go to a Rose Bowl, you have to have elite quarterback play. And that is uh, the, the tale of the truth for a very long time. I think it's very rare. Um, I mean, look at Alabama, guys. I mean, Nick Saban eventually said, yeah, 
I can't run a running back 35 times and hope to win a game 13 to 10 anymore. I have to go nuts and turn it loose. Sooner or later, Utah's offense is going to have to shoulder the load because as we saw last year, the defense more often than not is always going to be able to hold up its end of the bargain. And um, that defense lost a lot of guys in 2019 to the draft and they look like they're, they're ready to reload and, and be able to shoulder the load again. But for me, it's always going to come back to quarterback play. Can Charlie Brewer, can Cam Rising get these guys to, to Las Vegas? And if so, can they take them even further? The soon-to-be ex-commissioner takes a lot of heat for a lot of things, and I think he deserves most of it. But got to give him credit for moving from Santa Clara to Las Vegas. Had to wait for the stadium to get done. It feels like this is going to be a win for the conference. As far as your point about the quarterback play, uh, the only thing I would add is don't let the wide receivers off the hook totally. Uh, It's not a 50-50 split probably, um, but I do feel like they're part of the issue. But do you feel like that is getting solved now? I mean, we haven't seen someone – with Charlie Brewer's credentials, stats, and experience at the helm with the possible exception of Tyler Huntley, and they won 11 games when they had that. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I don't know. We It's uh, remained to be seen TBD on the, on the receivers. It's an incredibly top-heavy group. When you lose guys like uh, Brian Thompson to PK's Devils, you lose Samson Nakua to an arch rival, albeit that's you know more of a, you know, due to family matters, but this this is another part of the Utah program that I think has held them back from reaching. I mean, we've we've seen them get to the championship game. We've seen them win divisional titles. But getting over the hump is is another thing. And I think you can argue, I, I don't know. I don't want to use that Washington game in 2018 because it was so silly. It was one of the weirdest games I've ever seen. I want to throw that out. But that Oregon game in 2019, you could just tell that the difference makers on the outside on both sides of the ball – we're on a different level for Oregon. And Utah has to figure out how to put together skill position players, elite skill position players on both sides of the ball in the same year to allow them to reach that pinnacle. So since we don't build up or make definitive conclusions, and I got that right from a staff member a few years back at Utah as far as what you see in the spring train or spring game, but nevertheless I'm wondering, can they show video of Charlie Boer throwing the ball, completing all 15 passes to prospective transfer portal receivers because Kyle has mm. spoken about wanting to get that. So can they use that as a recruiting tool to draw in somebody who can be at least very good, if not a difference maker, out on the field at the receiver slots in the fall? I would say uh, pull up a YouTube compilation of Charlie Brewer amassing over 10,000 yards of total offense at Baylor instead of uh, – two fake quarters of a scrimmage game. I understand that, uh, you know, it, it might be sexy to say, like, look what Charlie can do in our offense. But Charlie Brewer amassed 10,000 yards of total offense in Baylor as a four-year starter, guys. That Not many quarterbacks are able to do that. So if Utah was to go that route, I would say this is what this guy can do, and maybe here are some uh, supplemental clips of what he did in the spring game. But there isn't a lack of evidence of Charlie Brewer's skill set in the right offense because the the stats speak for themselves. You know, I think that all of that stuff gets compiled and all of that stuff gets linked to social media and 
all the transfers see it if they're doing their homework. I can't guarantee that all the transfers do their homework, but uh, any con- any contact you have with them, even if it's third-party contact, it seems like these days all that stuff is out there, and if transfers don't know that stuff, that is on them. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Again, this is the kind of the final frontier. I think I think you can argue that the the building of depth and skill at the wide receiver position at Utah is probably more of a final frontier than the quarterback spot. And I know it doesn't always need to be Oregon deep or SC deep. I understand that. But sooner or later, you're going to need a couple of alphas. And I feel like I've said this on the show with you guys ad nauseum in the last few years, but it's the truth. You're going to need guys outside of Britton Covey who can go out and demand the ball. And by demanding the ball, I mean getting open. I mean showing that you're a liable go-to receiver against elite defensive backs. This is going to be something that Utah has to do with new wide receivers coach Chad Bumpfus to help get them to that next level. Running back position, I'm wondering if it's going to be like last season in that they went in, and last season was so screwy, so I even hesitate to draw any comparisons, but they went into the season thinking there was somewhat of a depth chart, and then it just flipped and on just a handful of carries by the late great Ty Jordan in the USC game. How much do you think they'll use the early part of the season, which hopefully is the non-conference games, to sort out the depth chart at running back? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, the, the staff was always high on Makai Bernard. I mean, going even back to 2019, guys, where you can argue that was the most talented Pac-12 era Utah team has ever been, coaches and players were talking about Makai Bernard as a true freshman 17-year-old kid, as a, as a guy to watch out for in the future. So it's not that surprising that he's been able to develop and currently establish himself as kind of the pseudo number one in that running backs room. But um, I mean, I think for me, selfishly, the one of the best people to hear from on subjects like this is Kyle McDonald, because he doesn't make any bones about it. He said the best players always going to play. We don't care what your accolades were before you came here in high school or your previous school, the best player will play. And we've seen that, you know, um, with, with Ty's emergence last year. And I know they add, you know, TJ Pledger and Chris Curry, but, I don't know. There, there are just some things when you've been around a program long enough, like, like we have, it's like, it just seems kind of fitting that Utah would go to the portal to get a couple former four-star guys from these really prestigious fellow power five schools only to have the three-star kid who's been in your program for the last two years, just develop and become the next star player. So I guess the elephant in the room then is Kyle Whittingham. And really it's, it's Kyle's mindset. And PK and I have gone around and around on this. And, you know, until we see the games, I think we'll just continue to go around and around because everything seems possible. But I guess my question to you is, what is most likely with Kyle's mindset? Because I personally don't think Kyle, although he always valued turnovers and takeaways and hated the giveaways, uh, I felt like it really got burned into his psyche when he had back-to-back five and seven seasons it was clear that he had one season to keep his job. It was clear his assistants weren't getting contract extensions in case he had to be let go and the whole staff had to be let go. And that, that's a pretty scarring ex- experience. And since then, man, protect the ball. You know, he was losing game. He had a 5-7 and seven season because they turned it over six times. They should have beaten UCLA. They turned it over six times, then they lost. 
But when he had Brian Johnson, and Brian Johnson, and I know it was Mountain West, it was a different level, but he wasn't worried about Brian turning the ball over. They could push it down the field, and they could make big plays, and he could stomach that. It doesn't seem like he can really stomach it since then. Do you think Charlie Brewer will... Uh, will be the Tums that quiets his system <laughs> and enables them to push the ball down the field because he's going to look at those stats that you were talking about, the body of work from two years ago. He threw seven picks. Well, in a what's going to turn out to be 12, but maybe a 13 or 14-game season, 15, PK will say, uh, seven picks, that's a pick every other game. Kyle can live with that. Can't he? Will we get to that point? Will it look different? Help me. I like it. I like the analogy of the antacids for, for Kyle Whittingham. That's, that's, that's pretty befitting. Um, it's, it's all about style guys. And it is about protecting the ball and it is about establishing who you want to be as a program. And I think Kyle wants to be able to control everything in terms of the clock, um, uh, position field battles, all this stuff. And that makes sense because if you do that, the odds are always going to be in your favor, but there's going to come a time when you have to be willing to go out on a limb and take the sort of risks that are necessary to, you know, win really tight games. And, and I think Kyle has proven that. I mean, I don't know how many other coaches in college football go for it on fourth and three or less than Kyle Whittingham does, regardless of the uh, position on the field that the youth are in every season. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, this is all interconnected to what this Utah program needs to develop and become. I, I do think, guys, I do think going back to 2019, it would have behooved that team to be in tighter games because they were so dominant early on that they were just able to give Zach the ball 25 times and be comfortable by the end of the third quarter, it would have been good to have that team kind of have to turn it loose and have Tyler go out and win some games on his own early on in that season. And I think sooner or later, Kyle and his staff knows that if you're going to be in contention in the Pac-12 South, if you're going to win the Pac-12, you got to get a quarterback that's going to take risks and take chances. And yeah, I understand the uh, the fear of, of turnovers and losing games that way. I mean, there was, like you mentioned, DJ, there was a time where Utah should have won a bunch of games where there was, I think there was that Oregon State game one time at Rice-Eccles where Travis Wilson had like five or six picks or something. There, there are games that Utah fans have burned into their memory that, that should have been wins, but I think we're past that. I just think like the next evolution of this Utah program has to be, to your point, kind of just giving the right quarterback the keys to the car and letting him put the foot on the pedal. There he is, Chris Camerani, the Lonely Hermit, which is brought to you by the Department of Redundancy Department. But nonetheless, the Lonely Hermit. All right, we're looking forward to a BYU piece sent on The Athletic. You want to give us just a hint about what's going on? Just a little just a little taste, something tantalizing. What oh, no. It, what it, so so the, the Athletic has a breakdown of all of the major college football programs across the country every year called – it's a series called State of the Program, mm-hmm. and – Basically, you're asked to dive into the nitty-gritty of the last few years and kind of the current roster projections of, of each program going into the 2021 season and go you know, position by position and recruiting and schedule analysis, all of that stuff. 
all the type of things that fans love to read and, and the kind of thing that I definitely need to rely on the experts to help write. So it's not that hard to put two and two together as to why I called somebody last week. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, one day, now that The Athletic has subscription money from people like me, one day they'll probably hire a BYU person and someone to share the load with you on that, that front in the state. They, they got a, they got the jazz covered and they got the Utes covered. It seems like that's next. In the meantime, you, yeah. can, you can do a little more, I guess. Yeah, well, I'm a lonely hermit, so I, the, the, <laughs> the less competition, the less uh, people in my periphery, the better. You guys know that. All right. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Chris Camerani, The Athletic. You can check him out. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. we got Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, coming up at 9 o'clock. Jazz update next. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Matt Harper, kind enough to join us. I would never sacrifice health. I mean, if, if someone's legit injured, I would say, yeah, you don't want to get injured more. However, if you're at the nagging stage and you can push through, you're at the one seed and you can protect it, you got to go for it. I mean, this doesn't happen often. This is what you work for, and when you have it and you see it, you got to maintain it because it's a huge advantage. It's a huge advantage to those home court throughout. And then for the Jazz, uh, you know, they don't have a lot of guys that have played in a lot of tough playoff games, and they didn't go far last year in the playoffs. They should be ready for this grind here coming up. They're a young team. You know, to me, you go for it. You maintain that one spot, and I think it's crucial to have that going into the playoffs. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update, presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell. Bell, bell. Utah Jazz and the Lakers playing for the second time in three days. They are on ESPN again tonight. The game tips off at 8 o'clock. The Zones coverage will begin at 7 o'clock with Jazz Game Night, the pregame show. This game's going to look a little different than Saturday's game, which was entertaining, went to overtime as a thriller and all that. Donovan Mitchell is out. Ilya Sova and Favors are questionable. However, Gobert and Conley are probable for tonight's game. So the Jazz get two All-Stars back, get two starters back. That is going to put a little different spin on this game and change the matchups. There is your Jazz update. Now, back to the Utah Jazz. Catch DJ and PK 24-7 on Twitter. Now listen up. Listen up. At David DJ James and at PK Kinahan. That's just how we roll. You're locked on to DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. PK, are you getting sick of big news breaking at BYU and at the Utah Jazz at about 10.08 in the morning? No. I am. I'm not. I don't need it. Let's get some 808 breaking news. We're good I enough. Li- I know, but I like the adrenaline rush of Yacht going, we got breaking news. Adrenaline rush. What's going on? I never not have an adrenaline rush. 1008, it's Yacht coming down the hallway. Did you see Dwayne Wade just bought part of the team? 
Good for a hot. Good for Hans and Scotty. <laughs> On the very week that I wrote about Donovan Mitchell being like Dwayne Wade, there it is. Not and the Dwayne person. Wade said it himself. Yep, he talked about it. He was on yeah. halftime of the Jazz game. Okay, what does this mean? Because doesn't he have to divorce himself from TNT to be actively involved? I believe that that will happen. I don't know how quickly it has to happen. He is on their Tuesday crew sitting in Barkley's seat. And so whether he'll finish the end of the year or not, they announced it. I don't know when it's official. I don't know how much you can play with that. I don't think the NBA likes to crush its TV partners. I don't know if they've got somebody warmed up to go into that chair. I think Reggie Miller would be awesome if they just want to put him in there. He'd go right at Shaq. It would be entertaining. But yeah, I think by next season he'll certainly be gone. Whether he'll be gone tomorrow night, I don't know. Wow, I don't know that I know that. Uh, I I do think that that um, yeah, I think that'll happen. I can't guarantee it. I don't, to say I know it, I expect it. I don't know it. But I do expect it. Okay. I, I, I'm sort of insulted that, like, now he's going to make the difference. What about all the great things that the Jazz have done as a franchise and as an organization? No, I'm not saying don't bring him along and, and he can't help. But to me, it's a little bit insulting that, man, they have been such a stellar ownership organization for so long. And they have so much to offer that the players wouldn't consider this before. Now, bring him along. Absolutely. He can help. I, I, and if he can help, that's great. I get I'm that. not discounting I, that. I get that take, but you I, – I, and I do. I do get that take, and it shouldn't be dismissed. And I'm not just talking about the current regime. You know, there are previous regimes, whether, whether it's the Millers having full ownership or going back to years. Kevin O'Connor – Uh, When he was running the show, to go back to Scott and to Frank Layden and to Jerry Sloan, we have been fortunate here. A lot of good people have come through. They have done good work. It is much easier and much more fun to cover a winner than it is a loser. And there have been down times, and we've had to get through those, but those down times have largely been minimized. So, yes to all of that. However... There is also this strength. We know that there have been problems and stresses all along in this organization, regardless of the owner, regardless of the GM, regardless of the coach. There is a label this town has to wear, the state has to wear, and that isn't going away. But I do think we all know Dwayne Wade can mitigate it somewhat. And it doesn't mean that we're done with the you-go-live-in-Utah storyline. But... It's a little harder to sell when you got Dwayne Wade pushing back on it. There's never been someone like Dwayne Wade. This guy is going to be, he's got a level of charisma, a level of cool, a level of just a, a wow star cool factor that, that even Stockton and Malone, first ballot Hall of Famers, didn't have what Wade has. And he's got the credibility bringing in from outside the market. Great. And it's just, it's different. And I still don't think, you know, to your point, there's already been a lot of good work done. And I don't think he's going to end the problems. He's not going to land every big free agent that Jazz fans wish he would land. But just to have him, uh, 
you know, pushing back against whatever the next thing is that comes up, how can that be a bad thing? <laughs> he's, it's not. It's he's not a bad thing. No one's saying it's a bad away. thing. Right. Exactly. At no point. Please, please, please. At no point did I say it was a bad thing. And but I'm sort of insulting. frightened that you even bring that up. Well, that don't, don't, don't attach Dwayne Wayne and bad thing to me. Right. Because at no point am I saying that. I just want to credit all the great work that's been done. And and I think okay. it's insulting I, to the player out there. Well, they got Dwayne Wade. I'm in. Well, <laughs> the, the the player needs to to do his research with his family and his agency and all that stuff. And that I think it's insulting to the player. Well, they got Dwayne Wade now, so I'm in. It's, yeah, it's, so there's way more to it than that. Totally agree with that. And number one. I don't think every player is going to be in because Dwayne Wade is here. Man, playing time still matters. Money still matters. It the right market where your family is matters. The mega market with Sizzle still matters. And Dwayne to Wade some. can't change any of that. Yeah, to some. And, and largely, you know, it mattered to LeBron and Durant. And whoever the next LeBron and Durant are 5, 10, 15 years down the line, it'll probably matter to yeah, them. But, a lot yeah, of it doesn't the, change. The, the Durant but, goes to, to Oakland because of the players that they have, not because it's the Bay Area. Yeah, oh, you're right. And the Bay Area sucked for 15 years, and that's a great example. I think the Bay Area in Atlanta, for all the stereotypes about why players go somewhere and why African-American players want to go somewhere, well, they should have wanted to go to Atlanta and, and Oakland well, for decades. Well, no one's running to New York. Didn't. Yeah, oh, right, they go to Brooklyn, but they aren't going to the Knicks. Not doing it. Nope, nope, not doing yeah. it. I, I just think that um, for what ails the Jazz, and you're right, there are all these good things over here, but for what ails the Jazz over here – Dwayne Wade will be a partial antidote. Absolutely. And that's why that, it was awesome that it happened. And that's why people are geeked up. And I think the other thing, to build on what you said, as opposed to me going negative, is that I would say for all these people who've come before, would Dwayne Wade have come if not for that? Not for what? All the good things people have done before. I mean, he's coming to an organization that's got a certain level of success. He's looking. He's a classic example of what you've always talked about. Leverage your athletic career. It doesn't last that long. No. If you get 10 years in the NBA, I don't care if you're on the bench. That's hard to do, right? And he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You got yes. it. Baseball, you have to be out five years. Basketball, you only have to be out four. Well, he has served two of the four years. Yeah, he's, he's in, no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, in two years, he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Sure. Who doesn't think no, I that? I think he's coming because of his relationship with Ryan Smith. Great. Right. Yeah. So and this fine. is way right. – I think they both made it clear. You didn't have to read that far between the they lines. They said they – didn't he say he met it on a golf course? They met on a golf course well, in I'm San – Well, I'm sure it wasn't your local, San, local muni. San Clemente. Maybe for, it was. For people who don't know San Clemente, a few oohs and ahs for San Clemente, north of San Diego – the, the very south end of Orange County. I think everybody knows it. That's a nice chunk of real estate. Sure. And th- I think it's rela- relationships matter. Yep. And that's why bringing Dwayne Wade on is going to do nothing but help. It won't hurt under any circumstance. Absolutely not. Relationships matter. But it's up to the individual to see what he wants. You know, they brought in John Stockton to talk to Gordon Hayward about a legacy yep. with one team. Yep, well, they he did. He didn't listen. Nope, not at all. And now he's buried in Charlotte, going nowhere. Good he's luck. Gonna, he's going to make his $30 million a year. It's obscene money that they get, and good on them. They get it. Charlie, Bernie, and the rest of them will never have to work a day and have no financial worries whatsoever for the rest of their lives. Good on them. 
but he left a legacy and he scoffed at it because he went chasing after something that didn't exist. And the greatest point guard of them all told him, stay here and uh, build a legacy here, apparently, is what we've been told. I, didn't, I don't know about the conversation firsthand. But, and, he, and he didn't listen. So uh, does that mean that they're going to be bringing in all these guys because Dwayne Wade is telling them to come here? I don't know that it does. But if they snag one or two, but I still think the principles of what they have is what works. Because when the Utes went to the Final Four and they asked Majerus about blah, 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 now now you're, he said, well, we're still uh, 10 hours, 12 hours away from Los Angeles. And we're still out in the middle of nowhere. Yep. It still snows here, yep. yada, yada, yada. Yep. And that'll never change. So for the Jazz to be successful, I don't know all of a sudden that they're just going to be reeling in free agents. Because how many franchises reel in free agents and be successful? Mark Cuban had problems getting people to take his money yeah. for several years. They gutted the roster after Nowitzki won the title and thought people would come, and they didn't. And the Lakers had money to give away for a few years before LeBron finally took it. But they had some high-profile whiffs in the meantime. So if if the yeah. Lakers and Cuban are going to struggle, and the Knicks, I mean, the Knicks, I mean, people are just looking at his owner going, you're toxic. We love your arena, and we love your name and your brand, even though you haven't won a title in 50, 48 years. But we'd rather go to the Nets. See, I think Dwayne Wade can actually help in areas that we're not talking about. The obvious, oh, he's going to lure all these glamorous big player name free agents. Eh, I don't know about that because I don't know if that's the way to go. That sounds good, but man, that doesn't happen very often to where, and LeBron is, yeah, if you can get LeBron to come, great. But I think it's something that he can he can have uh, if he's free to do it and they allow to do allow him to do it and he wants to do it and whatever the bylaws are and he can do it, I, I think there's other ways beyond free agents as far as uh, helping with drafting players because that's very very important. Finding nuggets, finding cashing in on top picks. They didn't cash in on Cantor. That was a bust, right? And uh, they took Burks and. Uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard was still available, if I remember correctly, uh, and they didn't they didn't go there. So maybe there's some other ways that go beyond the free agency that can help them. And, and then when they're here, you know, Darren Williams had a hard adjustment under Jerry Sloan. You know, maybe Dwayne Wade in that situation, if it were to play, I don't know that it will. I'm speaking hypothetically, obviously, but maybe he can help there because you know he had to come in to a to a uh, an organization and get himself ready and prepared. So there's all sorts of ways. The point I'm making is there's un- countless ways in which his expertise can help rather than uh, fill-in-the-blank free agent, some kid who's now in the ninth grade and in three or four years when he's eligible to come in and just say, man, come here. You'll like it. You'll be able to to do this or that and blah, 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 and, and African-Americans can succeed here. Of course they can succeed here. We can line up a whole slew of them to say they can succeed here. There's we can go as deep as we want to go. How many do you need? Do you need 20 ex-black players, say? Yeah, you'll love it there. Believe me, I liked it there. Carlos Boozer, who actually left and then went to Miami and talked about how it was nice here. How many do you need? You 25, 30? What, what number do you need to convince somebody? Because the more I try to convince you of something, the less likely I'm going to be able to succeed at it. You need to convince yourself about 
this is what it is. And so I think there's all sorts of ways that Dwayne Wade can help beyond just getting, oh, a free agent, come here. This franchise deserves the respect that it has earned. That's the only way it's gotten the respect is because it's earned it. They've tried to do things the right way so many times over and over again. And I don't want to discount that. And and I, and a lot of people I see, not I don't know what's a lot of people, and I'm just kind of talking out of my mouth now, obviously. But I, I think that... You're talking out of your mouth? Oh, you know what I mean. I'm just you're just, talking out the side of your neck. I think is that. Yeah, I, I don't like that expression though. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, think I don't that's wanna, hilarious. I, I don't, I'm just I'm just kind of blowharding out my mouth right now. Is what I'm getting at. I, I just as I listen to all this stuff, it's like, oh, he can help him with free agents. Well, what about all the great stuff that they had been doing for years? And that Ryan Smith has been doing since he bought the club, which is just, you know, relatively speaking, yesterday, last week. Now, it's been a couple of months and all that stuff. But they've already been doing great stuff. And free agents should already be attracted to this franchise because of all the great things. And then this guy comes in on a horse and he's going to get you guys. It's going to, he's going to snap his fingers and all of a sudden they're going to come, the, the nope. floodgates are going to open? No, because they gave Mitchell and Gobert so much money, they're not, they're not going to be loading up for the next big time free agent. Well, yeah, yeah. that's why I said four right. years down the road, though. Well, and I, and I think that also, I think going back to the John Stockton, Gordon Hayward, I mean, the Jazz, you know, absolutely were trying to play every card they could and they played that one. Gordon, we, so. The media knows about it because Gordon came out way late one night to do post game. He said, I was in the back talking to John Stockton. And there were like three weeks left in the season. I mean, what do you think they were talking about? You know? So uh, I think a lot of people look at it, and, and you've brought this up before. You know, Donovan Mitchell is signed, so his unrestricted free agency is now a ways down the road. Yes. Um, but it's what you said relationships matter. At yes. some point, they will have to recruit Donovan to stay here. And. You know, right now it seems like his relationships with his teammates, with the coach, and with the front office are good. You know, but yes. you sign a long-term deal in the NBA, you sign three to five years out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think he signed a five-year deal, but it's got a player option last year because players all want two bites at free agency in case they're coming off an injury or a bad year or whatever. They can, you know, kind of time the market and all that stuff. Um, Gordon had a three years; he had an option after three years in his five-year deal. You know, but but three, four, five years in the NBA is forever. Who knows who your teammates will be, who your coach will be, and who will be in the front office three, four, five years down the line. You know, but relationships matter, and if Wade can help recruit yeah. Mitchell, or I mean, we're talking yeah, about Mitchell because they've got the relationship. But who yeah. knows when you get there? Maybe it'll be harder to recruit Gobert when you get there. Um, but Wade just has a level of cachet and star power that, for all the good things this franchise has had, it hasn't had that. Okay, fine. And so but Shaq it has it too, but Sacramento's a mess. <laughs> right? And that was kind of what I was getting at is, um, you know, Shaq and Wade, and, and they're teammates, and they probably got a lot of stuff in common, but isn't the public perception of those two guys different? Isn't that why they're on the same TV show now? Because they're different? Isn't that why they sit at opposite ends of the desk? Because of the yin and the and the yang? I mean, well, Wade yeah, Shaq's is, the funny Wade, guy. Wade, Wade is the thinking man. Wade is grounded. Right? If I had to go with one word, the, the yeah, he's the thinking grounded. man. He's the thinking man. There's a stability. He's not going to go him. outrageous. You're the thinking man. I'm the outrageous <laughs> one. So I get away with saying it. Yeah. And you say it. And sometimes if it's too outrageous, it gets assigned to me anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite. I mean, that, that, that crap is a TV show. Just right. like we're, a, we're in a sense a TV show, too. 
It's something the Jazz haven't had, and they've had Great. a lot of stuff. Yeah, sure. That's why I'm all for it. But they haven't had this. Great. You know, and, and then I Great think call. Bring them aboard. I think we're all looking at it from the basketball perspective and listen to those two talk. I'm thinking, I wonder what new businesses they're looking at launching. I wonder what doors they think they could get into now that they couldn't get into before for whatever other partnerships they're looking to form down the line. You know, celebrity will open doors. Money huh? will open doors. Well, these okay. two together now. Yeah, great. Man, Go ahead. that's a lot of money and a lot of celebrity. You do know, whatever you want to do. Whatever they want to do, social justice, you know. and I, There's a list, and they didn't really go into it, but it's clearly more than basketball to these guys. Although to all of us, it's like, that's awesome. Good luck with that. But what about the basketball? Help us out. Throw us a bone. Yeah. I'm now getting people's tra- – Shaq is the worst. Oh, golly. Because yeah, he went after Mitchell. <laughs> right. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland, talk about all of this coming up in 15 minutes. Stay with us. The Big Show show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Dwayne Wade has joined the Utah Jazz ownership group. That's a big story, man. I don't want to overstate it, but I think Dwayne Wade is so highly respected around the NBA. He could even influence certain players to maybe think about playing in Utah. Talking about convincing other players to come play in Utah, Dwayne Wade is not only represented by, but also in business with a marketing company, the CAA Agency. There are really two big agencies when it comes to dealing with NBA players, IMG and CAA. It's not the whole game, but if you're dialed in with certain agencies and agents and that sort of thing, that could be a big deal. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O Tires, the team you trust on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Bam against green, four seconds, three seconds, bam, inside, shot up. At the buzzer! And Miami wins it 109-107 as the big man, bam, puts it in to end the ball game. There's the Chevy Strong play of the game. Bam out of bio. Holding the ball, playing hero ball. That was old school, PK. Win one-on-one, went into the post, and hit the game winner. Know that today at 450 on the big show, and you can win fabulous prizes. All right, we got a little break here. We got a couple minutes. Anything you want to hit on before we bring on uh, Steve Cleveland? Absolutely nothing. Really? <laughs> You're free and clear. <laughs> we ought to catch the 8 o'clock listener up on what we uh, spent a lot of time on in the 7 o'clock, and that is the Jazz being so shorthanded for that game Saturday. You know, are they going to rest a lot of guys down the stretch? Uh, my guess is because of how they've played it in the past. And because of what Quinn Snyder said after, I don't know if it was after that game, it might have been one of his media availabilities early in the week before a game, but something he said last week, and because of the schedule that they've got a week off between the end of the season and the start of their playoffs, it may turn out to be six days, but it's going to be a long stretch of time. I don't think we're going to see much of that. I think a bunch of things came together on Saturday. I think that uh, Conley, they don't have a lot of back-to-backs left. And Conley's playing except when they hit the back-to-backs. Because he played in the first half of the back-to-back and Mitchell got hurt, I think those guys were both out for the second game. So they gave Rudy the shot. I think Rudy's the only guy they rested. I think there's something wrong with Favors. He's now missed three games. I don't think it's rest. I think they're something trying to get something to heal, whether it's 
you know, he's had back and knee issues, so one or the other or both. As far as resting guys down the stretch, and I wouldn't expect a lot of it. Maybe they'll do it one more time with, with Gobert, but normally teams do it at the end of the season, and I don't know why the Jazz would do it in the last couple of games when they're looking at a week off anyway. So I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of this down the stretch. And if they lose the first game after that week off, oh, well, they had a week off. It's hard to get going. Absolutely, we'll hear that. Blah, I would blah, put, blah, 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 I'd put a blah. lot of money on that. <laughs> That, that's going to be the new thing. The one and two seed have to play teams that were playing. You know, the three, six, and four, five, it'll be a wash. Both teams will have had all that time off. And finish third. And, and it's, it's, did you or didn't you, man? This is pro sports. And Did you that, hear on Monday, I don't know if y'all can find it or not, uh, Quinn basically went into that about, uh, you know, are you watching the standings? And do you care about the seeding? And he went in straight in the analogy of, you know, we, we, we're, we're doing well and we're in a good spot, but it's like, uh, it's like quizzes. You want to do well on the quizzes. You don't want to do poorly on the quizzes, but you got to do well on the final exam. There aren't enough quizzes to offset the final exam. You got to do well on the final. And it was clear he was talking about the postseason. That's the final yeah. exam, and you got to ace that. So who cares if they're resting people now? I have a hard time getting worked up on it. And that was an unusual back-to-back. How many back-to-backs do you have? An afternoon game on a weekday <laughs> and then a, a get on a plane and fly down, not a super long flight, and then play another afternoon game. It's crazy, man. These guys are used to their – all of us are habits, uh, creatures of habits, I guess the expression is. So all of us to one degree or another. You know what I mean? We do the same things day after day after day. And that was an unusual situation there. Uh, and, and, and so be it. I just don't know how it's going to matter. I thought it actually good. Get Ilyasova out there. Get him running around a little bit, man. He needs to do that. You very well could need him because you already said about how you think Favors is battling some form of an injury. Who's to say it doesn't crop up again in the postseason or somebody gets a foul trouble? And we saw, heaven forbid, a couple years back with uh, Gobert, right? He went diving for a ball against the Clippers in the first game, and, and he was out. We're going back, what? four or five years now, whenever it was. So I looked at I look at what happened as a Saturday as a positive, actually. A, a really good positive because Ilyasova got to run around a little bit. Joe, my goodness gracious, Joe. I mean what a stud he is, you know? Clarkson got up some more shots, get himself into more of a rhythm because he was injured. He said he's something what was it his hand, hand or yeah. yeah. And so that and then they, they, they lost. All right, fine. For whatever reason, they can't win overtime games. So be it. Uh, it's not like I don't care about the result, but we're so far along in the process now. It's like, get me to the playoffs. My body clock screams playoffs at the middle to end of April, but we have to push it back for another month because of the COVID and they waited. I'm, I am so eager for the postseason to, to get here, to see what this ball club can do, because I believe they have a ton of talent, and I believe they have just as much chance as anybody else to win it. I don't know that they will. I necessarily wouldn't bet. I, I'll never bet against LeBron until I see him lose that fourth game or something dramatically happens injury-wise before we get to the fourth loss possible. But, yeah, so they would be the favorite. But let's bring that on there. I'm not sweating whether they're resting a guy here or there, whatever it might be. Do what you want to do because they're all going to be there, hopefully, when the ball goes up for game one, and that's when, that's when it matters the most. They've only got two more back-to-back, so if we see this resting phenomena the, the rest of the way, I would think it would be in one of those back-to-backs. Yeah, okay, fine. But it's a couple weeks till the next one. It's uh, yeah. the last day of April, the first day of May. 
Uh-huh. I, I think okay. everybody will play in Phoenix on Friday, April 30th. All hands on deck for that game. Uh, and, you know, will Donovan Mitchell be back for that game? I, I would think the odds are good, not a lock, but the odds are good that he would be. Uh, and then Toronto, the next game, uh, I may not see everybody there. We'll have to see how that plays out. Also, I want to give a shout-out to Steve Klauke because uh, you were busting me in my expectation. He busted me even harder, and he's right. Uh, we were talking about, will Wade leave TNT? And I, I said, I don't know that he will, but I expect he will. And, uh, and Steve points out, well, Shaq's got an ownership uh, stake yeah. in the Kings, and he's still on it, right. so why can't Wade stay? So we'll see how that plays out. All right, but shout out to Steve. Thanks for listening, Steve. I already brought that up. <laughs> I said I Shaq Chris. has an ownership. Yep. You did. The- I know. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, when we come back, Steve Cleveland, stay with us.